Welcome to She Critiques, where we discuss the new, the old, all things cinema. I'm Mercedes, television producer, certified reviewer, and all-around movie buff. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Welcome back, She Critiques fam. I hope you guys enjoyed your Thanksgiving holiday and you've enjoyed all the stuff in your little hearts could possibly desire because I know I did. Well, we're back with another episode and today we're discussing all things centered around the theme of HBCUs in cinema with a special analysis and emphasis on the 1988 classic film School Days with a nod to such series as A Different World, Grownish, Dear White People, and so much more. We are talking about the Black College Experience. Now, how many of y'all out there went to an HBCU? Leave it in the comments because you know your girl went to the Clark Atlanta University. That's right. I'm a proud Panther. And my special guest for today is Miss Nakia Seymour. Nakia is the manager of unscripted series and specials for TBS, TNT, and True TV. I ran into Nakia last year while working on a show and we hit it off. Believe me, y'all, she is so much fun. So here's our conversation dedicated to all things cinema and the black college experience. Today was just yesterday. I did like I had the slowest day post break, and then today everything we got a cut in, and then they they my counterpart decided she wanted to screen together, and so that was just like a thing because I haven't screened with my counterparts any episodes of shows. I usually just screen myself uh-huh. and send those, but today it's a new show new rough cut so we just had to do it all and so yeah nowhere is a bit blessed book to be booked and busy so listen i appreciate (laughs) i appreciate you making the time so all is well i didn't know you were on the west coast now oh yeah i moved here in july okay i'm like i thought i could have swore you was new york but okay you just you just oh yeah i just moved here (laughs) what do you say How's LA treating you? It's great. I, I mean, I can't complain. I mean, we're it's Corona-fornia now, but I mean, it's 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 a really great like time. I'm I'm glad that I made the change. I'm glad that um, you know, I'm here. I'm sad that the world is where it is, but it's not gonna be like this forever. So I'm just like taking the moments as I can and just trying to be grateful and appreciative of it. <laughs> Okay, well, first of all, welcome to the She Critiques podcast. I do so appreciate you being here, Miss Nikia Seymour. Um, but today we're talking about all things HBCU film related. Um, I asked you on the on the whim, like, can you be a part? And you thugged out and said, "What's up? I got you." So I appreciate that. And we're talking school days first. So first of all, you That's just- great. This was one of your three favorite films you said. Why did you choose School Days as one? What is it about School Days you love? I think that, I mean, I've been watching this movie since elementary school and I lo- I just loved it. I don't know what it was. I grew up in Harlem though. So, you know, when you are in Harlem, which is just like a black city, a black town, a black area in Manhattan, it's just, 
it's just black. All my schools, my elementary school, I always had black teachers, um, black male teachers, black female picture um, teachers, principals, etc. So, you know, that was elementary school. Then junior high school came and it was the same thing because I always went to school in Harlem. And so that was already in me. I remember one year in elementary school, we did a Miss Black Collegiate um, show. And so it used to come on like ABC Channel 7 in New York back in the day. You could you would catch it on a random Saturday. It wasn't like a, um, a show that people talked about, but I think it was kind of like Homecoming Queens or something. And so we did a school play um just like acting like we were doing the pageant i was the host of the competition and i think we always had these hbcu conversations and we always knew someone who um went to the school i think my i think my teacher at the time i think he might have gone to an hbcu i'm not sure but he was very into it and that's why we did the Miss Black Collegiate. But I've always, I think I've always liked Spike Lee's films. But I think this one, I mean, because it was musical, it was, it was just, I, I just loved it. So Dang. I don't know. I'm trying to think, like, what year did it even come out? Because I don't know if I was even in elementary school. I think I might have been in middle. Let me do some quick housekeeping. School Days came out in 1988. It's written, directed uh, by Spike Lee, none other. It stars Tisha Campbell, Samuel Jackson, Lawrence Fishburne, Jasmine Guy, Juan Carlo, Juan Carlo Esposito. Um, and it's based in part on Spike Lee's experiences at Morehouse College as a student mm -hmm. in the University Center in the 1970s, for people who don't know. Um, the story is about undergraduates in fraternities and sororities clashing with some of their classmates at an HBCU during homecoming weekend. For those who don't know, you, now you know, and you need to go check. Now you know. <laughs> so yeah, I was in I was in elementary school. Yeah. And uh, for me, okay, school days for me. First of all, HBCUs in general. What school did you go to? Did I did not go to an HBCU. <laughs> Where did you go? Girl. I was all set. I was going to go to Spelman. I, I just knew Spelman was going to be the school, all from elementary school. And then high school came and I, you know, I applied, you know, to all the colleges. I, I mean, I think I had so many applications. And then I think over that winter break, I always joke that I must have seen a really good um, army commercial. Because I went to the military right oh. after high school. Like, I turned 18 in basic training. Wow, I did not know that about you. <laughs> yeah, oh. it's always, like, something nobody ever... Because I don't talk about it because I wasn't in long enough. Mm -hmm. I'm not a veteran. Like, I was in legit eight months, 11 days. It was peacetime. It was, like, easy to get out. Um, but I went to the military right after high school. So when the time came for me to actually do the applications, I sent the applications in, but I didn't send additional materials. Mm -hmm. um, I had gotten into Penn State, but I had already signed my army papers. Okay. And Spelman, I, I just, I don't know what it was. I just wanted to get out the house. And so I went to the army, did not go to Spelman, got out the army and went to, I got my associates at BMCC in New York. 
Then I got my undergrad degree from Baruch in New York. So they're both CUNY schools. So I did not go to HBCU. I do not have any college memorabilia, like just my diploma. CAU, right? This is CAU. Oh, <laughs> my ex went there. <laughs> Okay. Well, first of all, I mean, I get your experience a little bit. I did not go straight to college after high school. Um, I didn't prepare like most people, like your peers. Everybody knows what school they're going to senior year. Mm -hmm. I, of idea. I had no idea. I took the SAT super late. Um, long story short, right after high school, I was like, oh, I guess all my friends are going away and I'm going to the community college of the street. So for mm -hmm. two years, I was at a community college I got into a huge argument with my mother one day about washing the dishes because I thought I was grown. You know, I, I wanted to get out the house. I thought I was grown, came home from work. Like, I go to work. I'm in school. Like, you about to wake me up to wash some dishes at three in the morning? Like, I'm not feeling that, right? So, <laughs> I, like, I, we got into a blowout. That night, I applied to go to Clark Atlanta University. I got in, and I was gone, like, seven months later. And I've been in Atlanta ever since. So... Clark Atlanta for me was like, it was like a get out of jail free card because I just wanted to get out the house and I wanted that experience. But I was also two years behind everyone. My mm. transfer. So it was like starting out as a freshman again. But I had a good time. HBCU was a good ass time. Like I'm sure you've heard. Have you attended any homecomings or anything? No, and the funny thing is my baby brother, like I made a point for him to go to an HBCU because he, his dad is Nigerian. So he lived in Nigeria for, for a good amount of time. And he went to high school, he graduated, he graduated high school at 16. And I was like, you know what? You have this Nigerian experience, right? You have this experience where you are black, everyone around you is black. And then when you come back to the States and you want to be a doctor in that world, you're probably not going to see a lot of people who look like you all the time. And so I wanted to, and I also wanted him to have a black American experience because yeah. he had the Nigerian experience, but I was like, and because I did not go to one, I wanted to kind of live vicariously through him. But my brother's a square. He's, he's a med school. Like he is not like, I love him. He is a jewel. He's, like our little prince but he did not party <laughs> like he or he didn't tell us you know what I mean like we are you know mom my mom and me like we're what's I don't nag him what's huh? what's so he went to Morehouse oh. for med school I mean for for undergrad he graduated and now he's at Howard for med school so he is doing the full HBCU the full experience, experience. <laughs> Okay, okay. Because HBCU culture, um, I was going to talk a little bit about HBCU culture. And even just from what you know, you can say what you've seen, what you know of it to be. What mm -hmm. you um, and I want to talk about your experience as well, like how that counterparts, because yours was not a, it was, yours wasn't a PWI. It was more diverse. It was, so Baruch College kind of n names themselves the most diverse school in the nation. And that is because it is diverse. Like I remember one semester, it was me and another friend of mine. We're both black American and like every person, like it was more like a generational thing. So our professor was like, if you're first generation, sit down, half the class sat down. 
If you're like second generation, some more people sat down. And then he and I were the only ones still standing because like we're black American, but everyone else came from a different country, different ethnic background. And, and so with that, you kind of have that experience where you kind of see everyone, yeah. not just uh, predominantly white, not just predominantly black, but you saw all cultures, all types of black people you know, from the Caribbean, from Africa, from Europe, from wherever. So it was, so that was the experience, but it's a commuter school. So we did not sleep unless we went on a retreat. We used to have retreats. So we would go, if you were a part of a club and I was part of a radio station, we would go on these retreats. And then that, that was our being away from home, sleeping all and partying and all of that. The crazy thing is I'm from Jersey. So mm-hmm. Jersey, like it's extremely diverse as well, very diverse. I went to high school with a little bit of everything and everybody. So going to the South, coming down to the South and going to an HBCU was like, woo, a lot of black people. <laughs> like I love it here. I never want to leave. <laughs> but black people, like the you know the professors are black. The everybody's black, you know. And now even just being in Atlanta period. Like this is black everything, black Mecca. Mm-hmm. Right? So, but so that was a little bit of a shell shock for me because I came down with my Ugg boots and my Abercrombie. I, <laughs> I didn't even realize how, like, and these girls would show up. This is HBCU culture for you. They show up to class, lashes, hair, <laughs> okay, heels, stilettos, walking, walking down, we call it the promenade, walking down the promenade like it's a run. <laughs> Seven in the morning going to class. And I would be in my no. Couldn't be me. With my hoodie on, like with my Uggs and my leggings. Like they thought I was a white girl in the making. Like, where did she where did she come from? So it was a little bit of a shell shock. But what I got from it at the end, what I appreciate about the HBCU experience, that first semester, they drilled into us. Like the classes that were mandatory for you to take as a freshman were your sociology classes, were your African-American studies classes. Like they made sure if you only got one semester at this school, you are going to walk out of here knowing what it means to be a black person in America mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. where you come from and what's your, like know your, your history. Like they made sure that first semester, those are the classes you have to take just in case you don't even come back for the next semester. This right. is the bulk of what you need to know about being black. So I, I walked in, I walked in with a slicked up ponytail and I came out, girl. <laughs> locked, <laughs> locked Excuse me. Uh, yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Now. So yeah, that was my HBCU cultural experience. Um, as far as school days go, I can only imagine that Spike Lee um, possibly had the same type of I think maybe he, I, I can't speak for the man, but maybe he came in knowing a little bit of who he was anyway. That wasn't the same for me necessarily, but there's, it's impossible for you to walk out of an HBCU with not a sense of pride in being black. Mm-hmm. And I think school days is such a testament of like proud to have went to an HBCU. Like, this is what we do. I'm going to put it on the biggest stage that you can find for the whole world to see. And he brought us into that world. Like, even if you've never been to an HBCU, 
to see it through this lens of school days is like, okay, okay. Yeah, it was everything for me. And it, it, it always makes me laugh when I watch it and not laugh that because it's comical, but laugh at how my, my life trajectory, how I had all these ideas about going to Spelman and going, because that was it for me. It was Spelman, right? Yep. And so I had all these ideas about about going and then I did it and I watched this movie so much like I knew all the musical numbers to the point that in middle school I had a sleepover and we would watch it the VHS and then I was like you guys are gonna we're gonna practice this and so we're practicing these grown-up damn songs and then I'm like acting as their manager it cracks me up all this time so we're in middle school and so then we're like doing little concerts and I'm the manager booking their concerts in the schoolyard and we did all the dances and I'm like I don't want to be alone tonight dude we're in third we're 13 like <laughs> or we're 12 however old we were we were in middle school so we had no idea no business singing it but that was our thing. Like, I can still, like, reread. I'm still going to get up and dance to Good and Bad Hair. I'm still going to sing. Yes. I, I just, yeah. So, <laughs> what, so what would you say is the, the most memorable scene for you? Would you say, I don't want to be alone tonight? Cause I would say it's the, um, it's the, it's that first musical number when they meet in the hallway. And, you know, when you grow up, as a black woman, you hear these good and bad hair conversations all the time. You know, I go to the salon, I went to the salon out here and it's always funny to me. And then he's like, oh, you know, cause I'll go in with my hair looking, you know, less than, less than, less than kept, okay? Um, twist that's been in there for a few days and just a hat. I go in there looking like I need a, of makeover from head to toe and then they put my head in the sink and they're like oh, oh. and they'll say they'll say oh you got good hair and I'm like boo boo it's 2020 nobody says that anymore I don't really know what that and then I'm like yeah it's good that I have hair and I, and I used to do hair shows and so I, I used to have a, a hairstylist who always did my hair and she would always, you know, always say it. I would always, you know, when I used to get relaxers, they're like, look at the way she whipped her hair like a white girl. And I'm like, uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. And so like, I don't really get, I don't really um, straighten my hair too much because my hair does get fine, mm -hmm. even though like it's dense, it's curly. Um, but it gets fine. So for me, whenever I hear that, it just makes me laugh at the song, at the notion of people thinking that they're better than someone because they have a certain grade of hair. I'm a dark skinned woman. So like, what does that mean for me? Like they didn't even, and, and you know, it, it, it's the, the colorism, it's the, the hair, it's the eye color, it's the everything. But I think I like the way he kind of showed how kind of ridiculous it is yeah. but also and and, and kind of played to how you know we have these antiquated ideas about 
what a black woman should look like. You know, like you're going to be beautiful regardless if you have dark ebony skin, if you are just dark skin or if you're light skin, medium brown, you know. And I remember my mom, I used to go by when I did radio, I used to go by Miss Coco Love. And she said to me one day, she's like, why are the dark skin girls named Coco? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> Coco Brown. Oh, and then, yes. Uh-huh. And, and she was like, well, you should go by your name. And I was just like, you know what? You're right. Like, cause my, and my email is still Coco Love. Okay. So, cause that was my name in college. It's still my email address. So people make fun of me. And that's why I only use the end, the email that we, um, exchange but i have an email that still has the coco love because i got an email that says b2k wifey okay so <laughs> i think that that scene is just i think i just like the musical i like musicals um and it was just i love the dance because i used to dance when i was younger and so i just love the whole everything and the conversation like sure it's a serious subject matter and this is his way of lightening it for just a moment of levity so that people can really have a deeper conversation. Yeah, and the crazy thing is because he's literally painting what it felt like, what it what the experience was like at an HBCU. And it's so true. You have your light skin versus dark skin. I mean, and there's some organizations, some Greek organizations that are that cater to those type of um dualities, you know? And they're clicky some are clicky and you know one group over here looks like this and this group over here so it's still clicky even within the black community when there's nothing but black people like somehow we've still found a way to exclude one another and it's like and i think the point of that at that that scene is like we're arguing about hair that your hair is a different right. than mine and it's, <laughs> you know, it really it, it but I love that he's tackling issues and he did it in a musical. Like it can't get more lighthearted than a musical. So right. Here's your sugar with here's your sugar with this medicine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Giving us exactly. <laughs> Which he tends to do very well anyway. Mm -hmm. I always he'll beat you in the head though. He'll yeah. beat you in the head. Mike to me is like your old uncle who like, but he dressed, he does dress like Willy Wonka sometimes, but he will sit there. <laughs> he's like that old crazy uncle who'd be talking in the corner, like about what used to happen and what it needs to go down. But we love him nonetheless. We love him nonetheless. Mm -hmm. So a different world comes into play. And this is like, I mean, if, if the job was to make young black kids want to go to college, a different world made young black people want to go to college. And it wasn't necessary. Was it set in the HBCU? I don't even know if it was technically, was it supposed to be film in college? Oh, I got a t-shirt that say home. I was going to wear that one. I'm like, people would kill me if I'm at CAU. Um, <laughs> so type of nuance of like. I should have worn my Hillman t-shirt. <laughs> listen, because Hillman was it. But, go ahead i think when i binged a different world whenever it was on netflix netflix i binged it 
that was all I watched. And I, obviously I watched it when I was younger too, but you know, you got to watch certain things as an older person to really receive the information. And so I watched it and I think every episode, I was like, why didn't I go to HBCU? <laughs> I think I used to get so, I used to reflect so much on that experience during homecoming. Everybody has this college pride. And I'm like, I, don't, I mean, I like Baruch, it's all right, but I didn't have that experience. But Different World was that show for me. Oh my God. So like, it's, it's so good. It was so like, and you, you're right. It definitely made little black kids want to go to college. And especially, I think, to an HBCU. Yeah. I don't have the stats and figures, but I imagine. A lot inspired <laughs> And what I will say about A Different World is like, while Spike tackled um, the subject matter of like the colorism and pledging, we didn't even tap on that, but we could circle back around to that in a sec. But A Different World had episodes, like I'm thinking of the episode when, um, ooh, I can't think of her name. I forgot the character's name, but she was dating the guy and he was hitting her and like coming back to, um, oh, um, back to campus. And this was like in a new class, right? Yes. So let me give some quick housekeeping on A Different World, too, while we're at it. So A Different World, for people who don't know, is an American sitcom. It's a spinoff of The Cosby Show, the television series that aired for six seasons on NBC from 87 to 93. So it stars Jasmine Guy, Kadeem Hardson, Chris Summer, Lisa Bonet, Daryl Bell, Dawn Lewis, Charnell Brown, Sinbad, Jada Pinkett, so many of the people and faces that we know today. And it stands as a testament of Black culture excellence, okay? That's just my own spin on the thing. But A Different World, to me, tackled um, heavier subjects in a way mm -hmm. that still was entertaining, but almost educating you before you even get to college. Like, so if I was watching this in high school before I even went to college, and I see episodes like I was talking about with domestic violence, or, um, you know, they had drugs or being you know, roofied or something like like they were really almost preparing you too before you even step foot on a campus which is i mean groundbreaking okay absolutely absolutely i mean and you you don't have these conversations at the time we were all young so like who are we having these conversations with you know what i mean if not our parents um and most of so them, when you're when you're watching a show like that i'm sorry you just broke up oh i was gonna say most i don't know about you but for me my parents didn't go to college so i couldn't even have those type of conversations if i wanted to they didn't have the experience either yeah my mom she went to city college she went to a cuny just like me i was i was in elementary school when she went to college so i went but i went to classes with her like she would bring me to classes with her. But again, like she didn't have that college experience. Like she was a commuter student and she had a child to raise. So she was part-time. So she didn't have that college experience of living on campus and having those kinds. She had like real adult experiences, <laughs> you know, probably like your parents probably had real adult experiences working or living or just being, you right. know what I mean? And, and not everyone has that opportunity to go off and stay on campus and and have all these adult conversations that are before your time and i think that that different world was that show for a lot of us if it came out 87 oh yeah i was in elementary school mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, like, I, and I might not have known what these things were. I think as I got older and certain things that happened in the show happened in my world, I think I could, I, I think I could relate to it a little bit more, but it's very much like you, you're having these real world educational experiences through a sitcom, basically. And, 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 and I think that, I mean, I love that show. I could watch it right now. I think it's supposed to actually go to another streamer soon. So I'll be watching it again, even though I binged it like two years ago. I need to, <laughs> I need to binge it because I haven't seen it in so long and I missed it when it just came on Netflix. So I need to binge that from beginning to end. But it's just another example of medicine in the candy because it was entertaining. We enjoyed it, but didn't even realize they were teaching us life lessons, you know, college lessons, like what to expect around the corner. So all of that. They also had that episode, excuse me. uh, They had a pledging episode as well. So that's a, a similarity between school days and a different world was this whole theme of pledging. What did your college, did your college have sororities and fraternities? So they had some, they were not um, of the, they were not black um (laughs) sororities and fraternities and I think a lot of I was also an older not old student but I was older like I had experienced a little bit more life and I think these people were right after right out of um, high school Mm. um but then like a girl that I knew who I was friendly with she was a Zeta um but there was no I don't remember there being a Zeta chapter and I just remember none of a lot of the women that were in her chapter were not very friendly, so it was not um, a welcoming experience for me to consider joining. But I used to, th- but I also was like, I always felt two ways about it. Like I was in the army, I don't really like people telling me what to do. I'm very much like I got, I got too much sass and attitude, and I'm probably not going to take well to these girls who are my age or younger being mean to me. But then I also feel like I would have definitely pledged if I went to an HBCU. Like, absolutely. Like, I don't know which, which one. And sometimes even late at night when I'm here alone, <laughs> are you girl? You're not- I, start, I start thinking about doing an um, alumni chapter. Oh. And I started looking and seeing like which one, cause I see, I, I know a couple women who are, who, who joined a sorority late in life and they are part of the alumni chapters. And I was like, hmm, maybe I should do that. And then if it, it goes away. So I always felt two ways, but I think that if, if my school had one and if the people that I met, they, and these people weren't in my school, they just were, we would go to events sometimes because, you know, you see black folks, you kind of just gravitate towards each other. And so I just, they just, some of them, it wasn't like they were welcoming, like you should pledge, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, but I, that's just probably how I perceived it. And, and, and it's probably not what it was, you know what I mean? Like, I, don't think- I probably just saw it as I don't want to be a Zeta or they just weren't welcoming. I don't know what it was. <laughs> Well, from my experience, I did not pledge. I showed a little bit of interest. 
um, in a in one of the Divine Nine organizations. I showed a little bit of interest, just like going to their events and things like that. And one experience, I'll say, I went to an event and just not knowing what the protocol is. Like, you just don't know. And even if you try to find out, they're not giving of information. Everything it's, is a secret. Yeah, they want you to be, they want you to dig, do your homework, do your research. How much do you want it? Like, I'm not going to give you anything. So my experience, right? I went to this event and why <laughs> you laughing already, girl? I'm laughing already because I'm just like, yeah, bullshit, you know? No, listen, but listen, I still, I like, no, go ahead with your story, because I still feel like sometimes I want to pledge, but no, I'm too old. And I, I was nowhere near even close to pledging. This was just like, I didn't even realize that. Meetings, right? Huh? They're like interest meetings, right? Yeah, I, but I didn't even know that it was even called showing interest. Like, I heard that the organization was having an event. I'm kind of interested in this organization. I'm going to go. So I went. All of the women were there, and a couple of us non-Greek affiliated people came, girls who show interest. And I just remember one of them, one of the, the girls on the line, she came up to me and she said, um, what's your name? And I told her my name and she was like, why are you here? And I was like, uh, it says open to all. Like, <laughs> like it been posted all around school. Like, you know, I thought, you know, it says open to all. So she said, okay, and asked me all these questions, like, what school, you know, what year are you in? And, you know, blah, 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 what are you majoring in? Like, just giving me a whole rundown. So she goes to, like, walk away, and I was like, I'm sorry, what's your name? And she said, oh, Cupcake. I said, I said okay, <laughs> Cupcake. <laughs> all right, girl. Okay, girl. <laughs> Anyway, long story short, maybe like a year later, I said this to my friend and she was like, oh, you're supposed to go online and find out their names. Like, they're never going to just give you their name. Like, you have to go find out who's on that line and go on Facebook and see who she is. You should already know her name. You should never ask what her name is. I was like, girl, all these, all these invisible rules, I can't keep up with. Like, these- Don't you pay dues? Yes, they pay dues. They do pay dues. So it's not like you're volunteering or it's a free thing like no I think that's also the too like I would be like I gotta pay for this I gotta pay for to have some girls yell at me or be mean to me no but I think in college so in college when you are still trying to figure out who you are you don't know who you are I think there is a period of like stripping you down to mm. So that they can build you up to what they want you to be in their sorority. But the sad part is anybody who tears you down and tries to build you up, they can only build you up to who they are. They can't build you to go any higher. So you're looking at what you're about to be like. You know what I'm saying? And if you're treating me like this, then that's why the, the cycle just continues of how they treat each other year by year. So with, I'm sorry, go ahead. What were you going to say? You were thinking. No, about I'm just more like in like, yeah, I didn't know any of the rules. <laughs> but I was thinking, like, I, see, the building people up thing, that was basic training for me. So for me, that's what I say. Like, you know, I wasn't in the military long, but I was in there long enough to have, like, drill sergeants. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, um, I was in there long enough to see that it ain't for me. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know what I mean? And so, I, and I think I've always kn knew who I was. And I, and, and I don't think that, um, I think a lot of times like people join because of legacy, yeah. um, community, um, and for other reasons. They don't know. I think it really has to do a lot with not knowing who you are yet and feeling like you need a place in school in your mm -hmm. college years. And maybe, I don't know how high school was for you. I was popular in high school. I was very popular in high school. I feel like, you know, I, I had a good crowd or whatever the case may be. So coming to college was like, I ain't trying to fit in. I'm like, I could care less what the fuck y'all got going on. Like, <laughs> I'm good. Like, I don't need you to establish. Yeah, me. yeah. So I was like medium popular. <laughs> I was medium popular. Like I was the vice president. I was a cheerleader. Yes, but like you go to, I went to a school in a city, and so there was no like popular. You know, like when I watch TV and I see high school shows, I'm like, oh, that's like the cool kids. I mean, I guess the cool kids had Vansons. They all had the nice, fresh fly clothes, like the Vanson leather jackets. Mm -hmm. They all had a North Face in every color. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and my mom was very much not into name brands. Mm -hmm. um, she didn't buy me sneakers. So people had fly sneakers. She bought me 5411s when they were 5411s. <laughs> <laughs> like so and that was just for cheerleading so yeah. it wasn't because I could wear sneakers to school it was so that I can cheerlead um yeah. in them um so so in different areas I was like I was the girl who went to class yeah 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 <laughs> right you weren't, cutting, you weren't cutting class behind the bleachers or nothing right I mean I was into some stuff yeah <laughs> That's a different. That's a different episode. <laughs> yeah, I was into. I was into some high school things. Some high school shenanigans. Absolutely. Were we all? That's a long time, darling. That's a long time. Right. <laughs> but so let me say, with school days, to watch men go through that process of hazing and pledging, um, it's always some kickback when we see on a large scale the process of hazing and pledging. And mm -hmm. I, say it's different. I say it in two different categories because I don't want every Greek organization to think that it goes hand in hand. There's hazing and then there's pledging. Um, but in the process of school days, we see them pledging and they're being hazed. Likewise, right. burning sands. Oh, yeah, I saw that. So burning sands. So there's always some kickback from Greek organizations when hazing. The truth is Oh, girl, I ain't saying. Uh, <laughs> you're lucky I got no sponsors yet, girl. There's <laughs> a little truth to everything, though. Like, they can't, I mean, some things are fabricated and made up, but there's a little, there's a little something there. Like, it didn't come from anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why some chapters have been shut down. Yes, people have died behind pledging. Right. So, like, there's, I mean, the truth hurts. Yeah, but I understand you don't want to have, you know, the, especially if you're trying to do better, right? Like if you're trying to do better and people keep bringing up old shit, then you're like, well, you, well why am I doing all this work if you're going to keep continuing to bring up this bad history? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, listen, the truth is a light and, you know. Yeah, it's a divine honor. <laughs> Very sensitive. You can't, you can't sweep it under the rug. Right. If it's 
sensitive about uh, what comes out about their organizations. The first show I ever worked on was Sorority Girls on VH. Oh my God, I remember Twitter, was, they were up in arms about that one. Girl, they only showed two, three episodes and then they said, we can't show this no more. Cause <laughs> they um, This was the first show I ever worked on, okay? And I'm like, you know, girl, they show about two episodes and they said, okay, we got to shut this down. And I remember the women who were a part of the show, a lot of them got um, suspended from their organizations or some of them got expelled completely, like got their letters taken away. Like they are very serious about their, I wish, let me shut up. Um, so anyway, uh, so yes. Nobody can of worms and say well. <laughs> Girl, let me shut up. Okay, I'm trying to get these sponsors. Okay, listen, I'm in. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, as far as my, so let's transition into some modern shows now. As far as Grownish and Dear White People, um, who are shows centered around college campuses, college students, and their experiences now, which kind of, they changed a little bit when you add the social media into play from what we've seen in like a different world school days. So it's a little bit of a different experience now with kids who are in college. But as far as Grownish goes, are you a fan, Grownish? I do. I have I think I'm I feel like I'm a season behind, but I, I'm familiar and I do watch. I think it's cute. I love I love Yara Shahidi. She is I love Trevor Jackson. Like I I'm all for the like idol. Like <laughs> Yes, it's it's cute. I like it. I I think I think they're all like cute characters, and um, I like their storyline. I think the last season or half season I watched was when one of the girls came back pregnant. Oh yeah, I believe that's that's where I ended as well. That's where I ended as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. but I, love, I mean, I love Kenya Barris, who's a CAU alum. Shout out to mm -hmm. Kenya. Um, but he does. I mean, he's showcasing black excellence, you know, on a large scale. So I love it. Love to see it. Dear White People, on the other hand, I want to say I've only seen a couple of episodes of Dear White People. I didn't get into it. Did you get into it? I did. I actually appreciate it for what it is. Sometimes it's too... Um, uh, I'm trying to think of the word... But what I will say, I do enjoy watching it. I don't know if I need, I think maybe I just like the characters more because they don't really get into, well, no, I guess they get into some heavy stuff. It's been a while, but I do like it. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I like the two guys that are leads. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's like, if, if there's a correlation to that. Um, but I do enjoy it. Um, I, and I watched, I've watched every season. I watched the movie um, and I watched the series. So yeah. And I think I like what Justin Simeon is doing too, like trying to like be this younger um, artist and director and um, writer who's telling stories from his POV. So I do like enjoy what he's doing. And so I think, I, I think, I can't think of anything that made me annoyed. Like some people don't are, get annoyed by the show, but I, I don't know. I sometimes I just take shows for what they are. Like I don't need to 
rip them to shreds to feel better about anything. I think we do a lot of demanding things from shows. Like, it should be doing this. They should have done this. And it's like, bruh, (laughs) go get your writer's room and make your own show. How about that? Right. If you want to see it, write it. If you want to see it, create it. It's free to write. You don't need money to write something. You have a story, write that shit out. Yeah. Can I curse? I already curse, but like, girl, it's encouraged. Uh, <laughs> we encourage it over here. Okay. I told you to bring a glass of wine. I was probably drunk. <laughs> no. I, I haven't eaten dinner yet, and I didn't want to get tipsy. Oh, no. It's, I brought my water. I didn't even, it got to, <laughs> I was going to make some punch or something, you know, from <laughs> the rum punch. <laughs> so as far as, as we wrap out these four projects from, School Days to a Different World, Grownish, and Dear White People. I mean, we can throw in there Drumline, Burning Sands, um, Stomp the Yard. So many films with Black featured cast giving us the college experience, which is like, even just running through my, my mental Rolodex right now, it's like, wow. Like, I'm so proud that we have these projects out there to show, like, Go to school, have a good, live your life. It's so much more to life than what your bubble is wherever you are, whatever city you're at. And I encourage kids to get out and go to another state. Like I grew up so much just from not having, my parents are in, were in Jersey. So I got to figure it out in Atlanta. So it's always encouraged. I'm glad we have these projects to stand behind. What, are, what do you think the takeaway um, from this conversation, from these HBCUs experience, college experience, what do you think the takeaway is? I think it's really about the exposure, right? Like if you don't, and I know some people kind of gripe against people having to see things in order to know that it's a thing that can can happen or that exists for you. But I do think that exposure is a key. Like how will you, like, honestly, if you live in the hood, how will you know that there is another world outside of that hood? There are people who live in my hood that I grew up in who probably never left Harlem or never left Manhattan. You know what I mean? They only know that this is this thing. I'm so grateful that even though I lived in the hood, my mom exposed me to things. You know, she, you know, she let me see all sides. You know what I mean? She would take me to restaurants so that I knew how to behave in a restaurant, you know, with proper settings, even if we did sit and eat TV dinner, like dinner in front of the TV at home. She made sure that she exposed me to that. So I think what those shows do is expose kids and other people who might not know about this experience so that they can have a deeper understanding of what it means for us to be around people who look like us, act like us, behave like us. And I think it's also like important for you know, kids especially, like, because college is probably not, is not the end-all be-all, right? Right. You know, trade schools, I, I remember at one point hearing that trade schools were, like, you know, not, not doing so well because everyone thinks they should go to college, but, like, there are trades. People need trades, right? People need to learn how to do things outside of this academic work. You know, every, college is not for everyone, it's rigorous, it's expensive. If you don't know how to skate the system and get financial aid or get scholarships or 
And if you don't want to take out loans, it's even more expensive. So like, you know, I think, but I do think that it opens the world so that you can, you know what the possibilities are for you. You're not limit, you're not limited. Like the world is limitless if you have that exposure, if you know that this is something that exists for you, that you have the opportunity for you, that people who look like you have already laid the groundwork it's here for you. You can do this. Um, it's more than your four corners. Like, you know, and I, and I'm so grateful that for what it is, like, I, yes, I grew up in Harlem. Um, and I grew up in the hood, but like, I knew that there was something more. Um, and, and the funny thing is like, I'm the first person in my immediate family who left the East Coast, New York City. Like my brother went to college in Morehouse and he's he's um in med school in DC, but that's, you know, New York is a hop skip. I left the whole coast. <laughs> like I left the whole coast and it's it's very um it's a learning curve for me. Like I'm much older, but I still feel like, you know, when you're home and you're always around your people, like your family, you kind of right yeah. you don't have any if, if you're sh if you if you're shaking up you can always lean back on them and I think being out here like I really it's like I have myself yeah, you, gotta you know I have community here but I do have myself that I have to look out for yeah. and um so just my mom is not a taxi cab away anymore so Nakia I appreciate you what do you have coming up uh next what do you got going on out in LA um that you can talk about. Anything I can talk about? Go Big Show. You work for Go Big Show. <laughs> I worked Go Big Show. Yeah, you did. So that one premieres in next month. So set your DVRs. And Snoop, everybody was raving about Snoop over the weekend, about how he'd be a great sports commentator. And you will see him in Go Big Show doing his thing there. So... Absolutely. Where can we find you on IG? Do you mind sharing? I yeah, I'm public. It's Miss is Miss K I A seven one nine. I definitely almost had the look just now. Um yeah, it's M I S S K I A seven one nine. Thank you, Nakia. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of She Critiques. I'm your host, Mercedes. You can find me on all platforms at She Critiques. That's C H I C C R I T I Q U E S. And we look forward to the engagement and all the feedback. Take care.